Professor Julia? Yeah, Rick. I think it's time for us to revisit the topic of romance a little bit later in life. Love that. This is the wow effect from Wow Oh Wow, the women on the web at www.com. My name is Rick Carr. I produce the show. I'm Julia Reed, and I'm your host. And this week, our topic once again is love at a certain age. No big thing. A little bit later in life. Okay, Julia, so last week we started out the show with the WOW conversation. Had you get on the phone with Joan Juliet Buck, who's a journalist, an editor, and most recently an actress. She appeared in the film Julie and Julia. And with Joni Evans, who's actually our boss. She's the executive producer of this show and uh, the person who's in charge of WOW, oh, WOW, the women on the web. And you guys talked about what it means to fall in love or not fall in love a little bit later in life. And uh, what you concluded in part was that there's less fear involved. You feel less of a need to actually be in a relationship to feel complete. But you wanted to press forward and find out from them how it feels. Do you feel the same as you do when you're 16? Isn't the feeling the same when it first happens? No, not, not as much fear. I mean, and, but, no, and not as many pimples. Yeah, the pimples used to turn up at every date. They'd wait. Absolutely. And they'd wait until the weekend. Oh, I'm going away for the weekend with Nicholas. Great, here comes the pimple. Absolutely. Clear as clear as Absolutely. All right, off the pimples. Well, let, Sorry. let Sorry. me go back. To, I don't even want to think about those days. <laughs> so I'm, they're not even over for me. I, like, I think I'll have acne when I'm 150. So after that exchange, you pressed on with the question and said to Joan Juliet Buck, what were you talking about when you were talking about the fear you used to feel whenever you started a relationship? And here's what she said. I don't know if everybody's made like this, but for me, you know, the whole prospect of a relationship opening up in my God and sort of, you know, the duties and obligations and then the terrible dangers of betrayal on both sides. I mean, it just, every relationship was such a prospective can of worms that I would teeter on the brink, my heart stopped horrified. <laughs> you know, That's true. That's true. What, Jesus, you know, what is this going to entail? Right? Thanks, Joni. And, it's, and, and, and now I'm old enough to say the beginning of any relationship filled me with such fear and horror and dread and suspicion of the man. You know, what's he really up to? Is he is he a good guy? Uh, how many other girls are there in his life? Yeah, no, I remember those All days. All of that. Exactly. And being older, I mean, when I when I took up with, with the guy that I most recently lived with, I didn't really feel that. I felt, you know, if he's stupid enough to have anybody else in his life, well, <laughs> that's his problem, and they'll soon fall but off the ground. Isn't that the same thing that we're saying, though? You're finally mature enough to really appreciate yourself. Yeah, and so, yeah, you know mature and secure alone. enough in your own skin. I and mean, when you're younger, you, th- you don't think you can survive alone. You think you'll die if that person. And knew. I think there's a, you know, we've all gone through that patch where we don't think we deserve the guy. Yeah, the, there you go. I, I know that place so well. We, and, I think and it's we all do. Now that one can talk about it, maybe. We could spend an hour talking about the period where you don't think you deserve the good guy. But now, yeah, I love that it's flipped around to. If he's stupid enough to have somebody else, if he's got me, then to hell with him. I mean, that's a whole different mindset. And that comes with finally 
like I said, feeling safe and secure in your own skin and good about yourself, which is a hard one thing. And looking a little less hot than whoever the other person he, he's got actually is. Well, it's very much the theme of it's complicated. It's very much um, the truth that the Meryl Streep character, the one who's been divorced for 10 years, uh, looks over at the young hot thing, her ex-husband. With her flat stomach, flat, flat, flat stomach in that movie. Right, right. Rolls her eyes, still feels the tug of jealousy, but also feels the tug of Thank God I'm not in, you know, right. in that relationship. Right. No, yeah. and she's, you know, Meryl does a great job. But she's so much sexier than that that flat-stomached, yeah. brittle young thing. It was very because well she is so. I mean, she's lived. I mean, I think we all are gotten so much more comfortable with ourselves. Then that's really sexy. And apparently, thank God, it's still sexy to a lot of guys out there. <laughs> I mean, really? in the end, as we know, Alec Baldwin was about to be driven insane by the brittle, flat-stomached, young, hot thing. I think it's wonderful that we're talking about this because the thing that really needs to be aired is how terrifying the prospect of a relationship is. And then the other side of that, which is that once you're in a nice, stable, lovely relationship, how infinitely boring that can be. I mean, Joan, you and I have had long relationships, but nothing like, say, my parents who've been uh, married for 50-plus years. And those marriages go through these sort of peaks and valleys, and if people stay together successfully... They sort of come back around or boomerang, so to speak. You know, you sort of go away from your spouse in your head, if not physically, and you come back and you somehow reignite that. The definition of a long marriage now is completely different. You know, it it, it was your your parents 40, 50 years, but now it's 15. That's a long relationship now. I do remember an interesting conversation I had with a psychologist, very famous psychologist, Helen Singer Kaplan. She wrote something called Sex Therapy or something that was this yeah. huge, huge bestseller. But she said there are three components to relationships that make them last. Like she was always studying the positive, not the negative. And one was you always needed to be sexually attracted. That doesn't mean Sorry. that you're doing it or you could even be having affairs, but there's something about the other person that always lifted you sexually. Mm. Two words. Every minute of every day? Are no, you kidding no, no, me? I don't know about Helen Singer. It was a physical attraction. <laughs> <laughs> Two was, this is a strange one, it seems minor. If the other person were not in the same geographic area, that is, if you couldn't get to that person overnight, they were 400 miles away, you were slightly uneasy. You never felt quite comfortable. Well, it's like that famous thing about Linda and Paul McCartney. They only spent like one night apart, and that was when he was in jail. <laughs> and they obviously, you know, had a pretty good marriage. He hadn't been so lucky with the, with the, with his subsequent relationships. Right. Talked right. about living and learning, honey. And the third one is you really are not in competition with that person. And right. if you have all three of those elements, that is going to probably be a long relationship. To get back to sort of our main theme here is that you know, it's it's different. I mean, I, I think that all of us grew up thinking, okay, I'm going to grow up and you're going to get married and it's going to be the one. We were all taught there was like this one soulmate in your life and it was going to be the guy. And every movie in the world sort of reinforced that when we were growing up. And now we know that that's pretty much not the way it happens. You get married, you might get married again, you might get married again. <laughs> After that, you might, like Joni, find... You know, what you consider your soulmate. Have no need to be married. Mm -hmm. Right. 
you know, we're all kind of reinventing the trajectory because we are living longer and we're looking still pretty good and, and, and uh, are feeling secure enough to fall in love. So, but I still want to know how it's different. I mean, how it's different from those first expectations. I mean, obviously, Joni, for you, it's better. And it's better because you say you cherish the time you have and stuff. But I mean, you know, you're also, you're still making the same kind of compromises. I mean, I know you don't love to play golf and all of a sudden you're running around the country playing golf. Yeah. Because that sounds like true love to me. Yeah, I'm truly in love, but it's less hot. I don't mean that we don't have a good sex life, but I mean, we're different this age. It's, it's less passion. It's more friendship and more appreciation. It's more mature. I mean, but I think at any age, you know, you're going to, I mean, if you get married at 25, it's going to be less hot when you're 30, you know, because you've been at it for five years or whatever. I mean, it's yeah. it's the familiar. But so in any marriage at whatever age, I think the best thing about them is what you're describing is, is camaraderie of a sort. Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody you? has your back and you've got them. Yeah. And I was struck by what, what you said about Bob wants the best for you and you want the best for him. It's a partnership. It's a partnership. Um, you know, I, I had a conversation with a very famous divorce lawyer who I think actually spoke to you. Uh, uh, yes, I love now. him. Hope I and, never have to use him. <laughs> and he's done these high-profile divorces, one after the other. And, but he says this. He says these marriages that last 30 years or 25 years or whatever, he always asks, what kind of sex life did you have, you know, just in case they're kooky or something to stay away from, um, uh-huh. uh, you know, in court. <laughs> uh, and he says, really, these most marriages that last for 25 years, they really only had a good sex life for two years. Two years? Ah, but here comes the Barbe Schroeder theory. All right, what, share what with that? us your friend Barbe Schroeder. My friend uh, Barbe Schroeder has a theory. A great director. That passion, the guy who did Reversal of Fortune, he says that passion can last a thousand days. You can do anything you want with that thousand days. You can you can eke out that thousand days over twenty years, but if you cram the thousand days together, you get more or less two and a half years, and that is the time span of crazed sexual passion. I love this theory because it's good to know you can kind of drag it out. So You can drag it out, but that's, that's why distance is kind of important. I have certain rules that I would now impose if it ever happened again, but I, it's not going to happen again. So this would is you all. stop saying that? So what are the rules? Well, the rules would be, first of all, no living together. I mean, certainly, you know, being together and being together at weekends, but not sharing the living space day in, day out, because monotony, claustrophobia, irritation are... The toothpaste, the toilet paper. Uh, just enemies of love, you know. <laughs> this can all be fixed with two bathrooms and no children. I, well, I, that's true. I that's, that's, that's just, this is the, currently the secret of my marriage, so maybe we should end it on that note. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two bathrooms, no children, and a really nice dog. Ah, mm. Joan, you can, you can get that done. Well, here's right, well, ladies, thank you very, very much for joining us today. And let's have a little offering to Cupid. Cupid, I think when you're younger, it's Cupid that keeps you going. And when you're older, you have to keep Cupid going. <laughs> all right, well, let's all light some candles tonight for Cupid. He's going to be busy <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Thank all right, you. ladies, thanks again. Okay. Bye-bye. 
This week's WOW conversation turned to the recent smash hit film, It's Complicated. And so we decided to put you on the line with the woman who wrote and directed it. I'm here today with writer, director, producer, Nancy Meyer, who has brought us such wonderful films as What Women Want, Something's Gotta Give, and The Holiday. And most recently, It's Complicated. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you so much. You said it's complicated like like it's complicated. I like the way you said it. <laughs> <laughs> you have a real meaning to it. <laughs> well, it was complicated, as life is, as you know better than a lot of us. I love the movie. I saw it twice. The second time I went just so I could soak up the incredibly perfect details in all those gorgeous sets, so I had to see it two times. Um, but in addition to being beautiful, it is so funny, and it's so utterly romantic, which I think all your films are. We've been talking a lot on The Wow Effect lately about romance after 50, and the point being that if we're living longer, we're loving longer, at least hoping to love longer. Yeah, I guess as as people begin to live this long, that's good for my career, actually, because I'll be <laughs> able to write about it into my 80s. Yeah, we'll see an 80-year-old Meryl Streep sort of, you know, having her fourth go-round at romance. <laughs> <laughs> With the much younger man in his 70s, yeah. That's right. You know, I think the problem is, and, and it was touched on so well, and it's complicated, was that We've all been bred to sort of think, okay, we have the one. We have the one big relationship or we have the one marriage. And then when that's over, we think everything else is just kind of left over or not as important. And and, uh, and the other thing is also that it's it's harder to get out there and find it again. I mean, I didn't like to date when I was in my teens. Yeah. And you had this great scene with Meryl Streep where she's sitting around with her close friends and they're like, you've got to get out there. And she's just holding her head in her hand saying, ugh, I don't want to. My experience is most women don't want to get out there. It's not that much fun. And someone pointed out that in my movies, the women don't actually, which I didn't realize, but it, I think it is true, they don't really go out looking for romance. It, it comes into their house, you know, and something's got to give. She met Jack through her daughter. And, you know, in this movie, of course, one man was her ex-husband, so he wasn't hard to meet. But the other man, played by Steve Martin, is her architect and you know so i wouldn't be very good at writing scenes that are about a woman of any age sort of on the prowl going out and looking i think that's uncomfortable and hard to do it's uncomfortable to write or it's hard to do in in real life or both (laughs) i think in life i agree with what you were saying you know that it's dating isn't that much fun it's sort of knowing how to go about meeting people it's too hard this is explains you know internet dating it's just too hard to meet people and too awkward. And then I think the older you get, the harder it is. And also, you just used the interesting word, which is you couldn't write a movie where women were out on the prowl. And we now have that horrible term of, you know, cougar for a woman who's after even a slightly younger man. And it's, it's sort of any time a woman is, you know, is out to get some romance or affection or just plain sex, you know, she has to be labeled, unlike a guy. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. What is the male equivalent of a cougar? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. Normal guy? Exactly. I don't know. We had Amy Bloom, the wonderful novelist, on last week, and there was a lot of the same kind of thing, which is just the ability to be surprised by love, especially later in life when you sort of have shut down and think, I'm just going to, you know, as Meryl Streep did, I'm just going to stay in my fabulous house and 
my great store and bake croissants and pies forever, and I've got friends and I've got my kids. And She had a big life, yeah, exactly. I think she was feeling fulfilled, you know, and I think it was her friends and the pressure of saying, come on, come on, you know, and, and I think the whole sex talk and not having had sex for so long so, sort of got her thinking. And, you know, I, as a writer, you know, I was trying to open the door for her ex-husband to come back and try to explain where she's been all these years and who she's been with. So it served a couple of purposes for me, that scene with her friends. But, you know, I don't think she was in any way saying, I've got, and I think there are women that have a lot of drive to get re, to be in relationships. I know I have a friend like that, and uh, in some ways I admire it. You know, it's an important part of her life, and she she makes a tremendous effort to try to make it happen for herself. It tends to backfire all the time. <laughs> in but what ways? Oh, you know, meets guys on the Internet and then, something wonderful happens, you know, the first couple dates, and there's always followed by disaster. Oh. You know, once she gets to know them. But anyway, for the characters that I write, and particularly the character that Meryl played, you know, it was not something she was actively looking for. But, uh, yes, you're right. It was about the surprise of it coming back into her life. You could just see how sort of delighted she was, even when she was beating up herself for being with Alec Baldwin again, you know. There's a wonderful scene where he's leaving and she just can't resist him. Yeah. <laughs> he's very charming. <laughs> and she's kind of surprised at herself and, and proud of herself in a way when she meets up with her girlfriends again and, and they talk about it and she's sort of grinning, you know, from ear to ear saying, oh, I can't believe I actually did well, this. Well, yes, but it's in her situation, it's, it's not just I'm having sex with somebody. It's my ex-husband who's right. married. It's, you know, I don't mean to say the title but you know it, it is so complicated that it's it, it, she really just needs to tell somebody about it and you're right she's kind of giddy in the romance of it and also just racked with guilt about it conflicted right no and it, again it is complicated but it's sort of it was kind of great because you could see what had happened opening her up again you know exactly. when you watched that happen yeah exactly i think if she hadn't gotten involved um with jake her ex-husband i don't think she would have been open to steve martin's character i have so many friends who are, are like Meryl Streep's character in that thinking, you know, I am happy. I've got all kind of stuff going on. I mean, that's what I love about all your characters. I mean, they already have pretty full lives. They're not some, you know, sad sacks. But I, anyway, I have a lot of friends like that who feel like it's, you know, it's already happened to me. I've had my romances. I've had my marriage or two marriages or whatever. And it's, I'm just content. But it's sort of like, you know, I'm thinking to myself, God, you've got 30 or 40 years left maybe. Are you sure you want to just kind of resign yourself, I guess, to not having romance again? Gee, I'd hate to say in my work that it's essential. So I'm not no. sure that it is, personally. Um, and I'm not sure I'm going to make a movie again on this subject. So this will be it. This conversation will be it for me, actually. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I didn't mean to send you over the edge. Uh. No, you didn't at all. No, 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 no. I've been thinking about it myself. But, you know, the... I feel personally, you know, I've expressed myself in this area, and uh, but I wouldn't want it to be misunderstood that I'm saying it's essential to this character's life that this has happened. What I also loved about her character was that she didn't know that she was going to have a cute architect that she might have a thing with. She was still going to expand her own house and, and keep on, you know, expanding her life. Well, I, I did a little research on this, and it turned out that women of this age tend to do the most remodels on their homes, which is interesting since you think, well, they're empty nesters now. Why, why are they doing it? Why do you think? Well, I think they're moving into another part of their lives, and they're most financially stable because they've been working their whole lives. 
Right. And they get to do that thing that they've wanted that they that you know, that you don't do over the years because you know you're sending the kids to college and you're doing all those things you have to do with your money and then if there is some left it seems like women are tending to um build that thing into their house that they always wish they had or you know in, in her case uh, a kitchen even though it's been pointed out to me in quite a few reviews that her kitchen's already nice the way it is. <laughs> but I, I actually did anyway not a good thing to be defensive, but I did work kind of hard to kind of show she is a professional and she sort of has a one-sided kitchen. I, I love the kitchen, <laughs> but I get it. If you're going to be rolling out croissants, you need a bigger pastry board. <laughs> you need more than one drawer. Yeah. That's right. I mean, in a way, that is sort of an equal kind of expansion to a romantic sort of opening up. You know, she smokes dope again. She's taking these long, sexy baths. Suddenly, it's sort of looking more fun to be older than it was to watch Alec Baldwin and his young wife where, you know, you've got sex on demand because they're trying to make a baby and everybody's edgy. And you know. Right. There's a lot of pressure on you, you know, when you're when you're making a family and you have, you know, and he's talking about going to the school interviews and just, you know, and he's not getting the pleasures of growing older the way she is. So when he's at her house, you know, he just loves being there. It's the life he could have had if he had if he hadn't screwed up. It would have been better. Yeah, well, I hate to, I hate to think it was all him. I think they, they both had issues, you know, which I hope I got across in the movie, that they're both responsible. You did. There was that lovely scene toward the end, which I thought was, was great. Because when you, the other thing about getting older is that you can become a lot more forgiving, I think, and you have more distance and you can look at yourself more honestly. Absolutely. It's one of the great bonuses, I think, is the, the honesty that comes with getting older. I think I found that to be true myself. I don't think, let's say, a year after I got a divorce, I could have written some of the scenes in this movie that I could write 10 years later. Well, I've never been divorced, but I've, I've had some nasty breakups. And I, that was one thing I thought you did really well in there is, is you show just the kind of crippling effect of, of that kind of wallop in your life and but you did it with not just the women when I was with Meryl Streep but you know of course Steve Martin is listening to those tapes about you know counseling him through a divorce and he was it was nice that you you had the men going through the same thing yeah it seemed you know she understood his pain and she'd gotten through it so yeah I, I I thought it would be good for for not only me personally but for the audience to not just think this is an experience that happens only to women was there anything in particular that inspired this or lots of things? Or well, I guess it was inspired by, I mean, honestly, my own experiences. I, 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 please let me go on record. I've never had an affair with my ex-husband. <laughs> but I understand, you know, let's say what it, the first third of the movie mirrors a lot of my own experiences in a way. So I, I often do that in the movies that I write. You know, I'll start with some reality that I understand that I relate to, that are experiences I had, and then, of course, I go far away from anything that's ever happened to me, which right. is true when I wrote Private Benjamin, 1980, you know. starts out as a girl like me. But you didn't end up being Private Benjamin. I never went into the Army, absolutely <laughs> yeah. not. You didn't go to the Army and you didn't sleep with your ex-husband. Okay. No. <laughs> we have that straight. Now, all of your movies are so accessible though because i think that we all men and women i mean i'll, I'll you know i I'm, I'm sure you are sicker than i am of hearing the mantle chick flick but because i was sitting in between on the day after christmas my mother and a, like about a 19 year old guy who was laughing at least as hard as we were that's great to hear the other great thing about your films is how funny they are thank you 
you know, I, I to me, uh, there's no better experience in a movie theater for me than just laughing for a couple of hours. So, I mean, I'm I love comedy, so that's really where my heart is. Well, the movie theater that I was watching it in was in just completely uproarious laughter the whole time, and I have to say that there's part of this dope smoking scene that I almost choked to death on my popcorn. I was laughing so hard. Sorry. No, no, it was great fun. I told you I went back to see it again, and not just to check out that gorgeous kitchen, but that was part of it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think and I you know, I do wanna I wanna reiterate what you said that no, the movie is not about about the fact that you need a romance late in life or later in life or in your fifties or whatever. But it, I guess what I meant to say is that it's nice to be surprised by life and that yeah. these things. No, can no, happen. I didn't take offense to what you said, Julie. I understood it. Really for me though, this movie is about being a divorced person. And I, I hadn't really seen that in a lot of movies. I, I've seen movies about getting a divorce and arguing with a guy over custody and things like that. <laughs> yeah. That I did not want to write a movie about. But sort of being an ex-wife and living in the same town with your ex-husband. And life goes on, but differently for the two of you. And um, so I really wanted to make a movie that was about that subject and having to always still parent with that person. And and basically, for me, the movie's about coming to terms with that relationship and finally for this couple ending it. But on a, on a, on a much nicer, more honest note than they did on the, the first well, government, it was my experience with being divorced is that, you know, there's so much you don't say and there's so much you wish in the subsequent years, that, the conversations you wish you could have, but you're no longer intimate with that person. I don't mean even just sexually intimate, um, but I mean, you don't really have a dinner together. You just don't. If you have a dinner together, it's at your kid's graduation after high school or college, and it's a long table of family, and he's down at one end with his wife, and you're at the other end with your mother. And <laughs> it's not the time or place to say, you know what I wanted to say, by the way, eight years ago. When, <laughs> you know, you just don't have those situations just don't occur. You have those phone calls about, are you picking her up at the airport? You know, that's, that's your life with the person. So I put them in the situations in part so I could say some of those things I wanted to say. But for me, this film really ends at the end when she and Alec talk about having no regrets about having had this affair and that, you know, and at the end she's looking off one way and he ultimately looks off the other and they're, they finally do part. I know, I actually thought that was, I mean, that would have been okay. I mean, I, th- I actually thought that might have been the end. It was, uh, it was nice that we got that other scene, but I, it, it was that scene was lovely. So yeah, to me, that's the full story is there, and that she could. Somebody said to me, "Well, what happens to her at the end of the movie with Steve Martin?" And they sort of forced me into coming up with what I think happened to them. What do you think happened to them? I thought they took a trip together, and I thought <laughs> <laughs> this I thought is great. Maybe, I thought maybe they went to London or they went somewhere together, and he booked them two separate rooms because he's that kind of guy. Yeah. And I thought maybe by the third night, they're tiptoeing across the hall. Yeah, that's a, I like. That's a nice image. I like those two in London. Uh, it's yeah. a very civilized town. I can see it. Um, yeah, not that you know the sequel is no longer than a short story. It was a lovely, lovely, really, really funny and totally beautiful movie to watch. It was just a joy. I, I look forward to the next movie. If if you're not if you if you're through with this subject, what do you you must be thinking a little bit about what your next subject's going to be? Not really. No, I don't really have it. No, I just uh, I, I but I've 
I'm not saying I wouldn't return to this, you know, in my 80s, like you're promising. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'm going to take a break from it for a while. Well, I'll look forward to it in the next decade. Thank in you. In the meantime, this has brought us all great joy, and I really just am such a huge fan, and thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is great. Okay. That's it for this week's Wow Effect from Wow Oh Wow, the women on the web at www.wow.com. Our associate producer is Emily Gallagher. We had booking assistance from Hillary Black. The executive producers of the Wow Effect are Joni Evans and Lori Racine. The Wow Effect is produced in collaboration with RobinHoodRadio.com. Special thanks to Marshall Miles there for production and engineering assistance. My name's Rick Carr. I produce the show. Check us out next week or check us out online at WOWO, WOW.com.